and I'm Harpinder. I'm so happy, we're so happy to welcome Pooja Singh Kachkowski as today's speaker for the Art of Creative Living Women of Color Summit. Before we get started, Pooja, please let everyone know who you are and what you do. Hey everyone, so happy to be here. Um, my name is Pooja, also known as Prince Pooja, and I am a teacher and an artist. So I teach yoga, meditation. I also teach music, um, more specifically kirtan. Um, and yeah, living living in Los Angeles currently. I was born in Vancouver, BC, up in Canada, but been in Los Angeles for. Quite a while. <laughs> and how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm really excited for this chat. I'm really excited to be here with both of you. Um, and yeah, it's nice, nice day in LA, getting pretty hot over here. Uh, yeah. So we're asking all of our speakers this, um, what does it mean to be creative to you? And as a follow-up question, how has creativity played a role in your healing? Amazing question, such a, such a huge topic for me. Creativity is, has just been such a, a through line throughout my entire life. And since I was really little, I've always been creative in different ways. And I think one of the things about creativity is that a lot of people feel or like associate creativity with like art or, you know, something that's kind of more typically creative. But a lot, you know, I often hear people say like, oh, I'm not a very creative person. And I'm like, if you're a human being, you're a creative person. Like <laughs> it's, it's inevitable that as humans, we are creators, we are creative. And I think this idea that creativity is something that only kind of like belongs to artists is such a disservice to people. You know, I, I really believe everyone has so much creativity in them and Creativity to me is just like the way that you think about things. It's thinking outside of the box. It's thinking in different ways, thinking about a certain situation from different perspectives, thinking about it. Um, yeah, just in different ways, in any way that you can, that's maybe not where you first start from. You know, we always kind of have these, these, um, ways of thinking about things that come up first. They're kind of our first instinct. And oftentimes we'll either stop there or we'll second guess that first instinct. But once we can kind of move beyond that and start to look at it like, okay, so I see this from this first perspective, you know, maybe just looking at something straight on. But what if I step a little to the left? What if I step a little to the right? What if I look at it from behind? What if I what if I try and just put myself in a different situation to examine this, this circumstance, this situation that I'm in, um, to just get a different perspective of it? So with that, I think creativity for me is something that I try to imbue or instill into every part of my life so whether it is like writing a new song or writing a, a sequence for an asana class or you know even writing new kirtan or something or it could just be like brushing my teeth or taking my dog out for a walk or making my bed like something that feels really mundane can be so creative if we allow it to be creativity is just the expression of our true self, 
um, it's allowing something from deep within you to kind of manifest into the outer world in some way. So even just the way that I'm speaking, the way I move my hands, uh, the, the way that we interact, the way that you're listening to me right now, like this is all creative. So I think it's just, um, a big part of my work is helping people to, to tap into themselves first. I think we need to be, or not necessarily that we need to be actually, but the more centered we can be, I think the easier it tends to be to really tap into a creative space that feels more open and more free. Um, so first, trying to get as centered as we can. And then from there, just being open and seeing what the possibilities are. You know, I think that's one of the beauties of being human is this contrast that we exist in and the immense amount of possibilities in every situation. So when we can open up to those possibilities, I think there are so many more options that, that exist. It's the little things that make up life. And we do a disservice to ourselves when we say, well, I'm only going to be creative here or creativity only shows up here. But yeah, brushing your teeth or listening is an act of creativity. Um, so I definitely um, agree and resonate with that. Um, and I guess to go back to like the healing component, like how has creativity played a role um, in your healing process? So I was thinking about this earlier and I think there's kind of two perspectives of this even that um, in one way, thinking about it coming from the healing perspective. So like as a yoga teacher, as a meditation teacher, um, as a Kirtan leader, um, this work is based around healing so much, you know, so that's kind of our like goal in some way is to find some kind of healing through these practices. And like Harbinder said earlier, um, really tapping into this kind of place of ancestral wisdom within us and when we can allow creativity to flow from that deep place, I think that creates healing. So when we're coming at it from this healing perspective, I think healing in itself is creative, whether we're kind of processing old um, experiences, memories, ways of being, um, thought patterns, allowing those things to kind of come into the present with us to allow to allow things to update in a way you know it's like i think we hold on to old stuff a lot and we don't we don't allow that stuff to either let go or maybe it doesn't need to be let go of maybe it just needs to be updated into the present you know it's almost like a, our phones it's like if you have a really old operating system or something it's like things just don't work as well so if we can update to the latest operating system, we can be more in tune with ourselves. So in that sense, I think healing is such a creative process um, in, in whatever way you kind of experience healing and whether it's, whether it's doing something like a, a yoga practice, an asana practice, a kirtan practice, um, and really just kind of moving through that practice, even if you don't necessarily feel like it's healing you in that moment, that act of doing that work um, is probably healing you in some way 
whether you're conscious of it or not. So it may be a more um, subconscious kind of energetic healing that you don't necessarily realize. Maybe you realize it at a later time, or maybe you just don't realize it at all, but it's still happening. So just doing that work to, to allow that healing to happen. But then I think also looking at it from the other side of like doing these creative practices in order to heal um, like music, for example, for me personally, is such a healing process. And I don't always go into music thinking like, oh, I need to do this so that I can heal something. It's just like, like I've been working on some house music, uh, like beats and things the past few days, especially I'm like getting really into it. And like, I'm not doing it because I'm like, oh, I need to heal something. I need to make some music. But it is healing for me because it's like, it's bringing up all these memories of like a decade ago when I was like in the queer party scene and I was like going out to clubs a lot and like that was such a healing experience. Mm -hmm. But then also like having that experience be in the past and then kind of revisiting it through music that I'm creating now, it's like a cathartic healing process where again, it's my intention is not necessarily to heal by making this music, but it's an inevitable thing that I think happens. Um, so really using creativity in whatever way you can, whether it is like a conscious thing in order to try and heal something, or whether it's just like being creative to be creative and allowing the healing to happen on its own, in its own way. I think there's power in like for me, when Corona first happened and there was just all these cases on the rise and uncertainty now, um, as there was like when it first started as well. And I started painting and I started writing poetry, which I never do. It was just like, it was either that or I was excessively cleaning my apartment. <laughs> like it was just this like, but I was just did it. I was like, I'm not going to question it. It's something in me that wants to do this. And I, I feel like maybe two years ago, part of me would have been like, well, you're not a poet. You're not a painter. Like you shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing something else. And so I was like, no, I'm just going to listen to this. And in that process, it was so healing. It was exactly what I needed. But I think sometimes we like you were saying, like that first instinct comes and instead of listening to it, sometimes we'll start second guessing. We're like, oh no, should I do something else? And it's like, no, when the first instinct comes and you've gotten to that point of being able to come to your center and tap in, there's just so much power there. Uh, just reflecting on what you're saying and some of what came back um, or came out for me. Um, Love that. And I was... Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to read you um, your Instagram caption back to you because <laughs> <laughs> um, I just liked it so much and it kind of leads into this next question that we had um, oh, there it is. okay 
I am so proud to be a queer, non-binary trans being. I'm so happy that I am not normal and I will never be normal, no matter how much the system tries to break me or tries to make me conform. I am forever grateful to our queer ancestors who lived and loved and sang and danced and wrote and created and fought for themselves and for us. When I first read that, I was like, yes. Um, like those like few sentences were just so liberating for me to even just read it. Um, like I feel like sometimes we forget the power that we can have in just expressing ourselves in our truest nature. Cause you're giving other people the power to then be like, why not? Um, but I read that, so what I wanted to ask for you was, how did you get to that place? Like, how have you gotten to this place? Like, what did that look like? I mean, it's definitely been a journey. And I was thinking about this yesterday, actually, that I'm coming to this place where a lot of stuff is falling away. And like, I'm letting go, you know, with, with everything that's going on in the world, with the Black Lives Matter movement, like really coming coming up and out now. Um, I've I've really been, you know, looking at myself even deeper than I have before, and really trying to dismantle systems in me that I know don't belong to me. They're just things that I've acquired over time, like we all have, and it's it's been reminding me of what I was like as a child and when I was young I was very I was very sure of myself and I was very um I was very confident in that like I would never take things that people told me um just because they like if if a, an adult or something told me to do something I would always be like why what or why do I have to do that or why, why is that like that? Or why, 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 why? You know, it would always be why. And the older I got, that started to get trained out of me in a certain way, you know, because it was always like, it was always kind of turned on me as if I was doing something wrong by being curious and questioning things. Mm. And so I was kind of always taught you know like my parents are really loving and they're really wonderful but they're they they have their own conditioning like all people and they pass that on to me most likely unknowingly most of the time if not all of the time and it unfortunately did start to really get into me and I I remember when I was growing up being very clear with myself about like don't let them get you don't let them get you you know you know like what's right for you you know who you are you know what's up so don't let them get you and I remember like as time went on I would have these moments where I was like they got me I somehow like my 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 guards got let down or my vigilance like kind of went I got distracted or something and somehow like they, they, that conditioning got into me. And so I would notice it here and there every few months, every few years, whatever. And like, again, coming back to the present and like really starting to dismantle this work more and more within myself, I've started to realize myself 
finding that again, finding that fire of being like, why, why, why do people so easily take on all of these ideas that don't belong to us, you know? And it's like, it kind of just becomes this agreement between us where we're like, okay, if we all like just like, um, kind of surrender to this conditioning or whatever, we'll just like pretend like we know that it's there. So at least we're aware of it, but then we won't actually like dismantle it, you know? And now people are actually more and more people. I mean, there have been people all along who have been dismantling it, but more and more people are starting to dismantle it. And so that fire has been coming back for me. And I've really been feeling this sense of like, like, just that knowingness within myself, it's, I've had those experiences of having those other people that I've looked to and been like, you know what, if you can do that, I could do that too. Like, I, I, I know what it's like to, to need that little bit of permission from someone else from the outside and how much power that can give me to just be like, you know what, I do deserve to be like this. I do deserve to wear this lipstick. I do deserve to to walk like this. I do deserve to exist in the way that I exist. I deserve to create the work that I'm creating. And it's, I, I don't know where it comes from. You know, it's just something that I, it's deep within me. And I do feel like it has to do with lifetimes of work. I don't, I don't think it just comes out of nowhere but I can't say why or where or how, um, but it's just something within me. And it's like that, there's so much that covers up that knowingness that we have. Again, it's kind of coming back to that, like a similar place of that ancestral wisdom. It's like, we have all of the answers within us. We have all of the guidance. We have everything we need within us. And it's, I think, especially in the yoga world, it's like people say that all the time. And I, I'm guilty of this too. There are plenty of times where I've said that, where it doesn't necessarily come from the deepest place within me where I actually know that. And so I think it's like, I think a lot of the work right now is like, for those people that know that intellectually, how can we like feel that in every cell of our being? How can we know that like, like even as teachers too, it's like, I'm not a healer. I'm not healing you. Like I, I thinks that you think that or that you <laughs> think I'm like powerful enough to do that or whatever, but y'all are healing yourselves. You know, like I and all of us teachers out here are just, guides we're just remembering ourselves mm -hmm. about our inner power and about our 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 true selves and then the more like you said Harvin, there the more we can just be ourselves and just express ourselves more fully people feel that and it's like it's contagious you know it's like so i think i guess to to sum up my answer i guess there are the two parts of it there's like just that inner knowingness that I've always had within me and there have been layers that have been placed on top of it. So it's just peeling away those layers to get back to that place of knowingness that I have within me. And there is also that other part of like having the help of other beings that are living their own 
themselves, their own truth so fully that you're just like, I could do that too then. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to be small, you know, like I can, I can be big. I can be me and be big. You know, sort of some of the takeaways that I'm getting from that really lovely answer is no one can do that inner work for you. But it's really essential that we do see other people doing that because that energy is contagious and we feed off of that. And that's, you know, a major reason as to why we're hosting the summit because me and Harbinder feed off that energy from our speakers. And we hope to give back that energy too, but it is just so amazing and awesome when we see other women of color doing their own thing and embodying their creative potential because it is not easy. <laughs> and, but to see somebody doing that, it's like, okay, it's possible someday, someday I will get there. So, um, Connecting a little bit back about, um, you know, being comfortable and the body that we're in, we have sort of already talked about how it is a struggle for women of color and the messages that we're getting from society, from media, from people around us, from even ourselves, we're constantly told not to, to take up the space, to conform, to be normal. So, um, Based on your experiences, do you have any tips um, to share to anyone who might be listening in? Tips? I mean, it's kind of like you just said, Irene, it, everyone has to do this work on their own. And I think, I guess one of my biggest tips would just be to start with like where you're at. I think, I think one of the one of the problems with a lot of like spiritual work or just work that people do on themselves in order to grow, I think people hear about like practices or things to do, tools, different, um, different ways of working through this and healing. And I think the problem is that a lot of people feel like they can do something that's not at their level. Sorry, I feel like I'm not being super concise with this, but it's kind of like, to give you an example, it's kind of like like trying to teach a third grader college work or vice versa, trying to teach a college person like third grade work. It's like, if you're not doing the work that's actually applicable to you and where you're at in your journey at this moment, it's probably not gonna benefit you as much as it could if you were doing something that was more relevant to you. Um, so with that being said, I think it is just like a moment to moment practice of, again, tuning in with yourself, like you have this guidance within you. So I think the work isn't necessarily um, to do things from the outside. And it's not necessarily about like the big things, but it's about every little moment about like, when you are brushing your teeth, like, are you, I don't, are you dimming yourself down in some way, you know, like, 
even like can you look in the mirror while you're brushing your teeth and look at yourself and like smile or just like look at yourself with love you know even something like that it's like you're never going to be able to or it's going to be much much harder to like exist in the world in some big way where you're like really being yourself if you can't even look at yourself in the mirror while you're brushing your teeth so I think I think it's like instead of trying to do some big thing to like be yourself especially if that's like really far from where you're at if you're someone who's like maybe newer to this work or you're really just starting to see the ways that you've been conditioned or you know mm -hmm. it's just if, if it's if it's newer for you um the biggest thing might not be to like wear your wildest outfit mm -hmm. and sing your loudest song and do your wildest dance like your thing might just be like brushing your teeth and looking at yourself in the mirror and like looking at yourself with love it might be just like taking a deep breath when you get in your car and being like, I'm enough. I'm good where I am. Like there's work to be done, but I am, I am okay as I am in this moment. I can go out into the world and know that I'm showing up as, or like in the best way that I can in this moment. So I think it's just the small things, really. Any moment you remember to like check in with yourself, to notice your breath, to to notice maybe some some mind stuff that's going on. Maybe maybe it's a lot of mental talk that's just like negative and it's just not helpful. Maybe that's where you start. Maybe that's what you're working on right now. It's just like it's okay. Just be a little more gentle with yourself. You know, it's we're so hard on ourselves and I think that's that's a good place for anyone to start in any moment can you just be a little more gentle with yourself question that um came to me as you were talking and as we're having this discussion um is around I guess the topic of identity and how much that does change for all of us but I think there is this sort of misconception that we stay who we are, we can't change. Um, can you speak a little bit on that? Because um, I do think with some of the things that you talk about, and correct me if I'm wrong, that there is flu fluid fluidity and like there is that change. Um, what does that look like for you? Thank you for asking this. I think this is such a great question and such, um, such an important one too. It's it's, I absolutely believe in fluidity in so many ways in life. It's, this is something I'm really um, like living right now a lot too, because even for me, you know, like with gender, it's, it is so fluid and we are so conditioned to think like you're assigned a certain gender at birth and then that's it. And that's the rest of your life, you know, and it's, it's so because even for someone who is like say a cis person and you totally identify um maybe you're uh, assigned female at birth and you totally identify as a female person you identify as a woman your whole life that's totally fine there's nothing wrong with that i'm not saying you like have to be some gender creative whatever but it doesn't mean you also can't question and you can't you know like just because 
you're a woman or just because you're feminine doesn't mean that you don't feel masculine sometimes. It doesn't mean that maybe you want to wear something that is more masculine or you want to present yourself in a more masculine way. You know, I use these air quotes a lot because it's it's so silly in a way, the, the way that even our genders or our language is so gendered. Um, because again, it is fluid. And I think, I think the more we can embrace this in different parts of our life to, to allow ourselves to be fluid humans, actually names are another good thing in the Western world. And actually in most of the world, again, you're assigned a name at birth that's given to you before anyone knows anything about you, they've never really met you and they're giving you this name that you're supposed to keep for the rest of your life. Um, why? Like <laughs> how many people, because again, there are the people who grow up and they realize like, okay, that I was given a name at birth that I don't assign with and so I'm gonna change it. But that's, that's like the rebellious people, you know? Why can't, like, I don't want to say normal people because it feels weird, but why can't normal people also just like change their name when they want to, you know, when you're a teenager, you might feel very different than you did when you were a kid. And when you're an adult, you might feel very different than when you were a teenager. So I heard about this one tribe, um, I believe they're an African tribe, and they changed their name throughout their life for the different periods of their life, because they believe that your name is so powerful, you know, it like, it's the way that people know you. So it makes complete sense to change it, to have that fluidity. And then again, just applying to other parts of life too, with, with any of our um, beliefs or ways of thinking or anything, it's like, again, do, in my own personal experience, doing this work of dismantling patriarchy and white supremacy and all these systems that exist, capitalism, it's like, I am absolutely different than I was a month ago, a year ago, a decade ago, you know? So like, the more we can embrace that fluidity and feel like, it's, I mean, it's inevitable that we're gonna change anyways. So why not embrace that and actually like move with that change instead of having to, um, like instead of every time we have some big change come about, then we have to like wrestle with it and kind of like, we like can't accept it at first. And then like, finally we start to get to accept it. And then we're like, okay, I guess I've finally changed. And then by the time you accept it, you've changed again. So it's like, <laughs> if we could just be more fluid with the process during the process, then we could just like move through things because certain things, you know, even, sorry, I feel like I'm talking so much, but there's, it's just so, there's so much to talk about. Like even, um, you know, with, with relationships and with, with any of this stuff, it's like you learn things that change the way you think or the way you exist. And so how can you still do things in the way that you were doing them before? Like we have to, allow ourselves to come into the present with ourselves you know there's it's it, it's just you're just constantly like trying to pull yourself along otherwise and it's it becomes this whole other like labor that that is put on you that's 
not really necessary, you know, like if we could just open up to that fluidity um, and normalize fluidity in, in different areas of life, I think we would all, it would also just make it easier to be able to accept changes in someone else. Because I think that's one of the hard things too, is that if I change my name every week, you know, that's hard for people to, to keep up with. And I get that if it, if it were to be that regular, but if I change my name one time in my life or even a couple times in my life, like the people around me need to be able to move with that change. You know, <laughs> if I'm telling you I'm going by a different name than I went by 10 years ago, and this is the name that I'm going by for, you know, it's like, you have to be able to update with that. If you're still trying to call me by my old name, by my dead name, like that's, that's a problem. Like that's, that's, it's violent. You know, it does that. That's where it starts to get into like, like, not being able to change starts to create harm for people because we're literally holding on to toxic energy. We're literally poisoning ourselves just because we can't let go of something. I just find it so interesting how like rigid people can be or so resistant to these changes and accepting. And I think particularly within I mean, this is like a little bit of a like darker subject, but I'm also just thinking about it, this conversation is like the murder of so many trans people. And it's just absolutely, hor- like, I don't think we even need to like say how absolutely horrendous that is. But I think that speaks so heavily to people just not wanting to accept change and not wanting to accept this fluidity being displayed so openly in this liberation. And that to me is just, you're shutting down so much creative potential that someone is showing you in this human form of this is who I used to be, but look at what I have become. And it's like, by then getting, not allowing that to exist, you're saying this creative potential is not allowed to exist. Um, And I think that's one reason we really wanted to have you on because you do serve as this, example of just like pure liberation of creative potential of like I can be whatever the f I want (laughs) and I'm going to live in this way um and I think that's why for me and I know for Irene as well like we are so that's the word I'm looking for inspired I don't even know if inspired feels like the right word, uh, but just so grateful to have this connection with you and for you to be living this life because I think it's needed. It's needed in this time. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's really, it's an honor to, I mean, to even just get to have this conversation with you, but to get to have this conversation for this event and for this this work, you know, I think it's, again, it's, it's, I'm sure it's going to plant seeds in a way that are going to grow in the future in something really beautiful. Um, and it, it's also, I just have to say thank you as well for the representation, because this is one of the problems. And this is one of the reasons I think people do have such a hard time with change is because people are not, rep- people who actually change regularly and who are fluid are not represented. And then, you know, people see me and get scared because they don't know, they don't know how to label me. They don't know what box to put me in. They don't know, 
they think I'm weird. You know, they think I'm scary. They think I'm dangerous. They think I'm all these things that we've con been conditioned to think. And I am absolutely um, guilty of that too. You know, I've, I've been on the other side of this where I grew up, like I didn't, I had a very um, narrow idea of what trans people are, you know, and I, I'm sure I, I had a similar idea of what so many people out there think, you know, and then as I got older and like immersed myself in the queer community and had trans friends and stuff, I was like, wait, this is like, what you people think out there, what I used to think is, it's, I mean, wrong in so many ways, but it's also just like very narrow. Like it, it, maybe it's not wrong. Maybe it's just narrow, you know, like I'm not saying those people don't exist out there, but there isn't representation for like, I mean, it's the same in the Desi community. It's the same in all, all of these oppressed communities. You know, it's like people think it's one thing and then they have no, no openness to see anything beyond that. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, and a representation just matters so much. Um, because I feel like we're bringing, I don't even want to say normalizing, but it's like we're just having these conversations so then people can start to wrap their minds around it. And it's just like, oh, it's not, like you said, it's the thing that I thought, it's this other thing and it's totally okay. Um, mm -hmm. So I am really grateful that we are having this conversation. Um, and if there are people that potentially have had these thoughts or seeds of like, maybe this is a possibility for me, but I don't know anyone else, that this conversation can help them. Yeah, thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so if people wanted to connect with you, how could they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Prince Puja. Um, you can also find me on my website, princepuja.net. Um, and then you can also find all of my music on all streaming platforms. So Spotify, uh, iTunes, all, all of those. Also, Prince Puja. Well, thank you so much again. We know everyone that's, that'll be tuning in will just love this interview <laughs> so thanks so much again to Pooja and thanks for everyone who will be listening and bye for now bye thanks so much